I think there's just something bigger happening in marketing. I mean, I'm not saying anything new. It's been happening for a long time, but just that genuine content that can happen. And sometimes it's just kind of giving it a place like this podcast to happen. It's going to be something where someone goes, wow, that person said exactly what I was thinking, but I'm too afraid to say. And that's going to spread farther than anything that you're just blatantly marketing yourself with. Hey, welcome to the Higher Ed Storytelling University podcast here on the B Podcast Network. This is a show dedicated to helping higher ed marketers tell better stories, create better content, and enroll more students. My name's John Azoni. I'm the founder at Unveiled, and we're a video production company working specifically with college marketing teams to make it easy for them to scale up and even automate their student and alumni success stories through our subscription approach. And you can learn more about that at unveiled.tv, and that's U-N-V-E-I. LD.TV. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, uh, go ahead and subscribe. We'd love to have you. And if you're wanting your college and university's content to resonate on a deeper emotional level with prospective students, with alumni, with parents, whatever, I want you to subscribe to my free newsletter. Every week I send out tips and insights on creating more emotionally resonant content, including examples and best practices from other institutions, articles and blog posts, that week's podcast episode, and much more. So head over to unveiled.tv slash newsletter and sign up. All right, let's get on with the show. Okay, I actually lied. I know I said, let's get on with the show in my intro, but uh, quick little pit stop here. If you like this episode, there's a bonus segment of my conversation with Nate Jorgensen, who you'll learn more about in a minute, that you can only get by being a newsletter subscriber. Nate shares a specific marketing tactic that they've added to their recruiting email comms flows at Miami University that's been working surprisingly well. Uh, They've seen a significant increase in open rates and engagement. And the other thing that he shares is uh, I have a series, if you follow me on LinkedIn, uh, called Embarrassing Work Stories. And Nate has a really good one. Uh, And there's even a video that goes along with it of this embarrassing moment. And you can, again, only get that by being a newsletter subscriber. So Uh, Go to unveiled.tv slash newsletter and sign up. This episode is uh, coming out November 15th. uh, So that content will come in the following week's newsletter. So make sure you're signed up. My guest today is uh, Nate Jorgensen. Uh, Nate is the Senior Director of Academic Marketing and Communications at Miami University in Ohio. Uh, In this role, he leads the integration of the academic divisions into the central marketing and communication team with a focus on recruitment marketing and storytelling through podcasts and other mediums. Prior to Miami, Nate served for five years as the Director of Marketing for the College of Engineering at University of Cincinnati, and he has 20 years of marketing and communications experience with 15 years in higher education. And today we're going to talk about a couple things. We're going to talk about um, the podcast that uh, Miami University has, which is really, really unique, cool idea. And we're going to talk about, um, you know, the the need for Miami University to have a more centralized marketing presence and how and the the steps that nate is is taking to help the school get there so um nate welcome to the show thanks for being here thanks for having me john excited so we like to start off by asking a uh, a personal question what is, what is something that people would be surprised to know about you one i've used before and that people tend to be surprised is that i have had uh seven broken bones and 40 plus stitches in my life wow 
any there there must be at least one story there <laughs> um let's see uh they're just kind of i i played high school football um so that accounts for three uh, three of those and um one was an arm break when i was little and then a couple of them were just like recently have just been like getting old like i i climbed over some things in the attic and and broke ribs doing it so (laughs) it's heading downhill fast (laughs) well there's always the hazard like when you start having kids of like the baby gate you know trying to hop over the baby gate we had we had one that was kind of difficult to open and in our previous house and my wife and I still to this day have no idea why we had it set up this way but the baby was upstairs and our the master bedroom was downstairs and we just let that happen <laughs> we were like why did the why did we let the baby sleep on the other side of the house on a different floor but like any we would hear her crying through the monitor and then I'd like run through the house run through the downstairs in the dark and like trip over the baby gate like every other time <laughs> go get the baby but yeah, there, a, there's probably been more ACLs blown and like shoulders separated by baby gates than than blitzing linebackers. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, for sure. Um, OK, well, um, so, you know, in preparing for this episode and listening to uh, the podcast um, that we're going to talk about, it actually reminded me like I've had this idea for the last year or so since start, you know, having this podcast myself about storytelling and working with schools to, you know, encourage them with storytelling. I've always thought it would be a really great idea to have a podcast that's just very raw conversations with students, um, talking about their majors and talking about their struggles and things like that. And here you come and you're like, bro, we've been doing this. <laughs> you're, la- you're late to the game. So, uh, so tell us about the uh, Major Insight podcast. Yeah, thanks. And um, it it wasn't my idea. And it was something that I noticed in the same way that that you did later on. I was interviewing for my job about a year and a half ago and was doing all the research I could on Miami uh, University and came across the podcast. Uh, It's called Major Insight. Uh, kind of started out to kind of help students find their major. And then it's evolved into helping them find their major, their way, their 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 life at college. And in my researching for my interview, I just noticed, man, this this podcast is great. And it was I probably spent fifty percent of my interview just talking about the podcast and it wasn't that big of a focus, if at all, at the university when I got there. It was something that one college was doing, the College of Education had had put it together, and it was really just focusing on their students with, with a couple exceptions. And since that time, uh, we've moved it into our central office where it's a project that we work on and uh, and kind of take care of in every way and have a budget for and uh and so now it focuses across the board and it's really seemed to hit uh you know hit on target with that what are you gonna go through when you're a student you're you're gonna be homesick uh, and don't feel like you're the only one feeling homesick and you're gonna feel like you're behind in your classes sometimes uh if you're if you're challenging yourself and how 
so many people feel that way. And what the podcast usually ends up being is it's usually a third or fourth year student who's who's successful, uh, obviously, uh, who who then talks about like, here's where I started and here's where I came from. And this is how I was feeling. And then they give advice to their first year selves, uh, the advice mm. they wish they would have received. And that's exactly what that has been valuable um, for is newer students getting that advice early and just seeing that they're not they're not alone in those feelings. Yeah, it's a really cool concept. I listened to um, a couple episodes. One was um, a gal that was uh, injured. You and I talked maybe like a month ago, so I, so it's a little f- fuzzy when I when I listen to it, but um, uh, from from listening to it a few weeks ago, but it was like one she she was like an athlete and then she got injured and that just like re- redirected her her path in college. Is that, is that, that right? That's totally right, and that I think that's the perfect illustration where, you know, she I think she was like, oh, am I going to be am I going to be a soccer player in in college and you know take on all that that uh, entails. And then she just had injury after injury, uh, to her, her knee that, uh, really derailed that. But she spent so much time in physical therapy in high school that in the hours spent doing that in excruciating pain, uh, she started saying like, well, to her therapist, uh, you know, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? And then more, got more into like, well, how did you get into this? And, uh, and now she's uh, in athletic training uh, and really in a good spot in that, uh, you know, the way that that career can progress. She works for the football team here and she kind of made a good joke in the, the episode where she said, I've, I've like traveled everywhere from the Bahamas to Akron, Ohio. And th- that, <laughs> that's kind of like how, yeah. how college athletic goes. And, uh, but yeah, just as having a great experience in the way she talks about it. And I, I think it certainly would have helped me, you know, coming out of high school being like, your, your plans are going to change about three times or something's going to change about them. And, mm-hmm. and just be ready to roll with that. Don't be thinking that you're going to have it all figured out right away. For sure. It's I feel like it's pretty rare that like someone coming out of high school knows what they want to go into, goes into studies that thing and then becomes that thing. Uh, and, you know, 50 years later, they're like, it was just a straight path. You know, most people I talk to are like they, they bounce around a little bit and until they kind of find their way. And that's that's what I really like about the podcast is just shows like the just kind of the honest, you know, nature of college and setbacks and, um, you know, new things that wouldn't have come were it not for those setbacks. And I, I like how she talks in that episode about um, about, uh, yeah, working for the football team, traveling a lot. And she's like, I'll be in class, you know, all week. And then and then the next thing I know, I'm like in the Bahamas or something like that, you know, with the football yeah, team. like and, she's like two separate people because, yeah. you know, the next that that Saturday you're in Paul Brown Stadium uh, for for a game. And then on Monday you're back in class and uh, right. on the first floor of uh, <laughs> Upham Hall. And right. uh, that that is an interesting experience. Yeah. And the other one I, I checked out was the mental health. There was a, a recent, maybe it's like four episodes ago about mental health and it was a round table with uh, three or four students. And then the host kind of, um, you know, peppering questions about different mental health journeys that the, these folks have been on. And I just thought that that was 
such a cool episode and just a just such a meaningful topic because i really i mean i think mental health is becoming less less stigmatized um and i think there's probably there's probably a realization of high school students that they're going to be homesick um and stuff like that but i don't think i know i just know for me like i struggled with with you know some depression my first semester in college and i actually after you and i had our pre-chat it jogged my memory about this and i wrote about this in my my newsletter about how you know, I went to Maryland Institute College of Art and only only lasted one semester there because I, I was just struggling, <laughs> you know, and I was so I was so homesick and, and other thing, other factors were going on at home that were that were uh, not helping. Um, but I I ended I ended up leaving the college and, and moving back home. And I always like to this day, I'm like, what would it have looked like if I had just like stuck through it more, you know, because. I liked that school significantly more than where I ended up, like in terms of being challenged uh, and stuff like that. So I think it's really it's it's, it's a really um, timely sort of topic to have students that are just going through the same thing um, and realizing challenges in their college careers that they didn't expect to have. That is so true, and and I I too I've dealt with depression and anxiety my entire life, so it, it kind of just like piques my attention whenever I hear someone talking in a real way about it. And I had somewhat of a similar experience where I started out college, you know, wanting to go into engineering as many people do, and many people don't <laughs> succeed in. Yeah. And uh, and it really was it was it was. I was failing in chemistry and was just freaking out about it. And I had never seen grades like that before. Mm. And then you kind of learn the game, especially when you end up working in higher ed later, like, oh, that's, you know, you, you hope to scrape by and get a C in those classes. It, for the right. most part, I know there's exceptions where it's like, you need to, you need to ace that class. But it it wasn't completely unusual, and I bailed on that in in the same way, and and that's something that motivates me in my work. I guess is is trying to help that that next me who is is nervous about whatever that thing may be, and if there are tools out there, out there to help, uh, they should know what they are. And uh, if there are people who have experienced it, they should hear what their stories were to see if they can help. Um, and and I have to give credit, just clearly, James Loy, who works in our office, uh, he's just an absolute genius when it comes to podcasting. And he's been doing it uh, at Miami for uh, maybe a little less than 10 years now. And so he's put all of this together and he's kind of seen all of these lines, the storylines that, that could mm -hmm. be told. And so I'm as surprised as anyone when he sends me the, the draft, uh, the first version of a podcast. And I always just listen to it. And I'm just like, this is this might be the best one I've ever heard. This one might be the yeah. best one I've ever heard. <laughs> so just great. What's been the what's been the. Um output from the podcast like what's been some results that you've seen maybe in um if there's enrollment results or if it's retention results or if it's just people that are like finding a lot of help from this um just anecdotal you know comments what what have you been hearing 
it's been a lot of anecdotal uh, so far. I, I just have on my screen right now uh, the the Office of Student Life just their students made a fan video about the podcast because they love mm. it so much. So there's like students on campus who just love listening to it, love connecting with people who have been on it and uh, just hear more about people who who they might kind of know and maybe organizations they might kind of know. And then we do hear a lot of the anecdotal stuff. And now, right now for the first time, you know, I would say I've been pressing for this in my position for, you know, maybe a little over a year now to really get this going on a larger scale. I've always thought, and I know that James has thought in his work with it, that this can be a podcast that could help anyone. This mm -hmm. do, These don't have to be Miami intending students to benefit from the conversations. The conversations really don't have anything to do with Miami. They always end up talking about Miami, of course. Right. And that's obviously great for us. And Miami's a great school, so they end up hearing a lot of good things. But... Uh, that's where we want to take it. And we're just starting some very preliminary uh, advertising now. Uh, and and prior to that, we've we've kind of covered everything that we can on campus and in the recruiting cycle. We're ramping that up just a little bit more, but we're, um, you know, we we get uh, cards to put in the bags of students who visit campus that talk about the podcast and say that they can check it out. I know that's kind of hit or miss, but it's what the opportunity we were given. Mm -hmm. And we have posters up around campus and uh, send some emails to prospects and admitted students who, uh, about the podcast. And those have gotten pretty good attention and grown some. Um, but it really, you know, I, I'm just a huge advocate for it. So I think it should be bigger. Uh, and I think that all the time. And so, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get to a point where that's happening more and more. Yeah. Great. Like top of funnel content strategy, I think, you know, where, um, I don't think as many people would listen to it or n probably even talk about it if it was every episode a different with a different student of why they should why they like my uh university of miami you know <laughs> and exactly that, yeah and that might be that might be the the temptation from leadership is to say well if we're going to invest money in this this isn't for us to help all college students everywhere this is for us to bring students to our campus and that's a really that's really the the point of view i think that that is the thread across my entire podcast is like what would uh like meaningful content kind of looks like kind of looks sometimes not always but sometimes looks like what would a message be or a story be uh what would it sound like if i wasn't allowed to mention the brand you know <laughs> yeah yeah that's now, and now you removed that stipulation now you can now you can just talk about things that are going to draw people in and keep them engaged and now it's it's hosted by the brand um but it's not a commercial for the brand and that's why i think it's it's so um it's it's good you know for not only university of miami uh you know students but i i agree with you i i see that that could be like a like a bigger thing like this is this is just a uh coming of age or whatever you know podcast if you are if you are kind of at this point in life wondering these things 
you know. That's 100% right. And I think we've all had those ideas that we, we've come up with and gone to, to get the funding for, for it or whatever. And then it's like, oh, well, of course, we're going to be mentioning this program and, and for people to apply every 30 seconds. And it's like no one's listening then. Like no yeah. one has any reason to, to listen to it then because they don't want a commercial for mm -hmm. Miami. They, they want something that's going to help them. And I think there's just something bigger happening in, in marketing. It's I mean, I'm not saying anything new. It's been happening for a long time, but just that genuine uh, content that uh, can happen. And sometimes it's just kind of giving it a place like this podcast to happen. And of course, I think every episode is great because, you know, I just really like the people who do it. Uh, but it's going to be something where someone goes, wow, that that person said exactly what I was thinking, but I'm too afraid to say. Yeah. And uh, that's going to spread farther than anything that you're just blatantly marketing yourself with. And that's a big thing for us right now. You know, we're Miami University, we're in the middle of Ohio. No one understands anything about any of that uh, if they hadn't heard of the place. And so we're, we're fighting some battles right off the bat. And uh, so like they just don't have an immediate association with them. But if, if we can become a source, we do undergraduate re education really well. It's something that we, we focus on more than a lot of the institutions in our area who do a lot of other things very, very well. And, uh, and maybe we can become kind of a, sor a source uh, for helpful information in that way. And, uh, and then of course, what's going to happen is you're going to end up getting more traffic. You're going to end up, you know, someone's going to listen to it, check out that program and then think, oh, well, they said they had a good time and it, it was a genuine story. So all that stuff happens, but I, I just don't, you have no chance if you're just plain marketing on a, mm -hmm. <laughs> a podcast, you at least give yourself a chance if you're doing something genuine. Right. For sure. Um, side note for people wondering, and I'm one of these people, uh, why is there a uh, Miami University um, in Ohio? <laughs> great, great question. Thanks for because people usually don't ask. So Miami, <laughs> Miami University existed before the state of Florida existed. Mm. Uh, Miami University was founded in 1809. And uh, so that's one of the sayings around campus is that uh, we were a university when, when Florida still was owned by Spain. And I, we in this area live in the Miami Valley. There's a Miami River, there's a little Miami River, and that goes all the way back to indigenous uh, people. And, and, and we have a strong relationship with the uh, the people who were in this area uh, that started up a couple decades ago and has really gotten stronger and stronger. So, and I've heard differing opinions on like how the names ended up the same because there's there's Dayton here, and then there's also Daytona Beach, uh, and then oh, there's Mi yeah. Miami, kind of the Miami area here, and then obviously Miami. And there's some Mommy, people Ohio. think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if there's a connection there, but <laughs> yeah, right. And, yeah, and um, so I, I've heard some stories saying that, like, yeah, those were Ohio people going down and and starting things down there and just calling them what they were familiar with. And I've heard other ones too. So I, 
I, I'm not sure exactly what the, the thing is. So, um, but yeah, like the University of Miami in Florida, I think was founded, uh, I'll, I'll get emails about this if it's wrong, but you know, sometime in the early 1900s. Uh, uh, maybe like the 1920s or something like that. So Miami University obviously was around for like 110 years before, before all that. But then of course they they exploded in um, in fame <laughs> in, yeah. in a lot of ways right. with uh, their athletic teams and everything like that. So um, it's an interesting uh, problem to try to tackle as as a marketer, but it, it's kind of fun too. Yeah, it is. It's kind of intriguing. I had um, uh, Andy Fuller from uh, Notre Dame on the podcast a bunch of episodes ago, and he was talking about this idea of narrative ownership and these 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 questions that people have about your school um, that become rumors or just folklore, <laughs> you know, and, and the importance of like just setting them straight from the school's perspective. So you heard it here first, or maybe this, this is not the first time. <laughs> But you heard some you've heard some narrative ownership here uh, from Nate Jorgensen. Great. Yes. <laughs> yes. Good start. Um, so I also want to say backing up to the, the podcast, your your host, I want to mention before we go forward to the the centralization stuff uh, is really your host is really good. Um, and I think she she does a really good job. And that's one person, right? That's one person hosting. Yep. It's not like a different host every episode. Nope. Okay. It's one person, Meredith. Uh, she is an undergrad from West Virginia and she is in an acapella group. If you listen long enough, you kind of know all these yeah. things. But so she's a speech pathology major from uh, from West Virginia in an acapella group and is just uh, someone who can perform very comfortably. Yeah. She sought us out, uh, James, uh, and and I ended up getting involved because she had heard the podcast and said, "Oh, I I really like it, and can I can I try out for it?" And we're like, "You're you're in," because we, we don't have anybody else. <laughs> yeah. And a very interesting, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Because our our old host, who is also phenomenal, Jason, and he is doing professional uh audio work uh now uh right now meredith is, is going to graduate in april and we're like kind of like crap like mm. that's not good for us and so now when james just put out the call for some uh some applicants we got like dozens of applicants oh, uh, from the theater department from the communications department from all of those different areas. So now it's becoming something that's that's bigger than just kind of us throwing it together. And it is, it's such a credit to her. Uh, when you know this well, of course, but when, when you hear the final product, a couple times I've sat in on the recording and I have been like, I don't know how they're going to get something out of that recording. The person was way <laughs> too nervous right. and they had to start and stop way too many times, not through their fault, but just because of whatever. And then because of what she does and how, how James in this case puts it together, it ends up sounding like NPR to, to me. Yeah. And it's just incredible. And and that's kind of, I guess, just the magic of that platform. And I've been a podcast person from pretty early on. I would say like in 2009, I started right when I got an iPhone, I started mm -hmm. listening to podcasts. So uh, 
I've been doing that just in my life. And so I've been familiar with the, uh, that way of communicating. And so then maybe had a bit of an ear for that when I started hearing those, uh, when, when I got here. Yeah. That's, that was the thing I noticed almost immediately. It was, this sounds like a real, it sounds like a national podcast. You know, this is, <laughs> this, yeah, like NPR was exactly what I was thinking. Um, That's absolutely right. And and James comes from a radio background as well. So that that was completely by chance. Uh, the the director at the the marketing director, Aaron at the College of Education just kind of took a chance on him uh, to do other things, but with that background. And now like it's now it's me taking a lot of credit doing interviews <laughs> for stuff <laughs> that, that I had absolutely nothing to do with other than just recognizing that it's great. And, and yeah. that I'm not going to take no for an answer when it, when it comes to doing more with it. Yeah. And it's a testament too to, um, how the, just the power of editing. I remember in, in, um, my, you just made me, made me think of some of the first videos I ever edited. I remember I had this, uh, I was working for, uh, my buddy, my buddy, this previous production company, and we had this project where we had to get, we had to like crank out like 20 of these like personal testimonies for a church. Um, and so I got really good at like, at like combing through an interview and like cutting a compelling story together. But then we hit towards the end, we hit this, this one girl who was so nervous and I, I kid you not, she stopped like two or three times every sentence to like re recompose herself. And I was watching the raw footage, like there is no way we're going to put anything together with this ended up muscling it together and it and it was actually one of the best videos of the entire series <laughs> it i can believe it it's just it's bizarre how that how that happens but it really comes down to the editor like the power of editing is like you know when when you can get someone that can work around those things and you know cut to different cameras and uh, and have tricks and things to to work around those those pauses and stuff it it makes a world of a difference that had so many people that you know i filmed in the past that, that thought they were going to do terrible in the final product and even just with a little bit of editing they're like oh my gosh i sound great <laughs> yeah that's awesome and, and i i bet too like it many times it's those people who are nervous it, like because they have an active brain and they probably have a lot to say and there's so there's a lot of interesting information in there if it can be you know kind of smoothed out in the way that you all magically do right yeah then that's uh pro tip that's why we film with two cameras nice. yes <laughs> so you can yeah. always cut so at any time just cut at any time and just switch to the other camera like it like it was the same sentence yeah um, awesome quick break here i have a question for you have you ever had to manage the production of a video before for your school where you were the person that had to coordinate all the scheduling? Like you had like five people that needed to be interviewed for this thing and you had to juggle all the schedules and figure out how to line them up for individual slots miraculously on the same day. And on top of that, you had to talk to you, like your facilities guy and make sure the door to the engineering lab was going to be open at a certain time so the crew could get in there and film some B-roll. You had to coordinate volunteers to be in the footage and, and blah, 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 and, 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 right? Let me tell you something, working with an outside video vendor should not look like this. 
Unfortunately, I've worked with enough video folks to know that the mainstream school of thought is they will coordinate the crew and all the production stuff, the editing, etc., and they will expect you to coordinate all your folks. And I'll be honest, sometimes there's stuff that the video people just can't coordinate for you. Like, I'm probably not going to email your college's president out of the blue to ask them to be in this video and to coordinate their schedule when they've never heard of me or this project. Like that just makes more sense coming from you at least to get their initial buy-in. But as much as possible, your job should be to get buy-in from all the right people and then introduce those stakeholders to the video producer to coordinate, which is not you. Unfortunately, we live in a world where it just doesn't work like that most of the time. In fact, I talked to a marketing director at a pretty well-known art school recently who told me he hired this video crew to film a couple program promo videos and they paid a lot of extra money. This was a bit of a splurge is the impression I got. And they got two videos out of the deal. And he said to me, all that money we paid and I still had to coordinate everything. Like we paid a premium for someone to do these videos and I was doing all the grunt work. So here's the deal. At Unveiled, one of the things we take really seriously is making sure the process is easy on you especially that pre-production process, which is where a lot of the not fun stuff tends to show up. So whether we're working together through our video storytelling subscriptions, a big commercial, or maybe a smaller one-off video project, know that in addition to delivering a great end product, we also have our eyes on making that a smooth and oftentimes fun journey along the way. And even after it's done, we wanna make sure you're set up for success, which is why we give you all the raw footage, all that B-roll and interview footage to repurpose however you want at no extra charge. So if you have video needs right now, don't let the management of those projects stress you out. We are your partners in taking as much work off your plate as possible. So if that's you, I want you to head over to unveiled.tv. That's U-N-V-E-I-L-D.tv and book a call with me. And let's talk about how we can best support you. All right, back to the show. Moving forward, so the podcast is kind of a conglomerate of a lot of different departments and that's been important to you know your work uh, in your role at Miami University is is kind of helping to join all these departments together um, and centralize a little bit so tell me how, how how's the podcast like kind of help you do that and then talk about a little bit about some of these conversations that you're having yeah great question and that, that's what I would just say something like this like the podcast has just helped smooth that out a little bit so maybe uh, over two years ago, Miami uh, made the decision at the very top levels to to consolidate things. I think a lot of universities did that at, around COVID. And, uh, and so it, marketing was one of them. And so instead of having, you know, a team of four or five in each college at times or, or zero uh, uh, in each college, that there was going to be one central marketing uh, and communications office and and uh, a team member from that central team within the college, but not necessarily it's their own team, uh, just of their own. And so obviously in higher ed with with anything, and especially when you're kind of, you know, you could look at it in different ways, but you're taking something away. And there's going to be a lot of bad feelings about that. And, uh, you know, for a, a big part of my start in this position was was just going in and listening to people and really giving people almost a year to just 
get it, get it out. Let, let me have it and, and let me know uh, mm-hmm. all the things that are, that are so hard and, and bad about this. And they're not wrong either, but we are, we are doing this. And, and so how do we make it work? And then, so for something like major insight, uh, the, to have a podcast like this that is uh, like we've been talking about such an amazing product that they really didn't have access to before it was something that was done in one college um, but now to be able to go to the college of engineering or the school of business or the college of arts and science and even have a bit of a strategy of be on the lookout for students who would be good candidates for this, either through their experiences or even just through how they communicate or both. And and then they're getting more exposure through that. We try to, it, we're, we haven't done this all the way and it's just from being busy, but uh, you know we want to try to use the podcast and use the content in as many ways as possible as as everyone does. So to have the transcript for SEO and and to have little snippets and to have quotes from the podcast to use in marketing copy and to to have little short videos that show you know real the really interesting parts of each one that you can use more on social media we're getting there and trying to do that more and more but you know just long story short and i could keep going on and on that's just one of those examples where it's like well now because we are all together we are all uh able to use this resource and to to get some uh time uh in the chair uh to be interviewed and to get your story out about your your program um and it, you know that's more of just like finding people who are interesting to talk to and then like we said earlier just letting the conversation be natural and not not telling them to talk about anything necessarily um but it always turns into great content just uh, it uh just always seems to work well for people yeah, what um do you guys have a strategy when it comes to sourcing um people to be on the podcast from different from the different schools? Does it just come down to having conversations with those different professors and things like that or do you guys have a submission link that, you know, you can people can submit to or how does that work? There there is a submission link that's not like uh, we haven't really widely promoted it or anything, but it's like within within the listing, uh, the episode listing page there, there is a contact form. But uh, one of those things like going back to the anecdotal stories that you hear, like we have posters up all around campus and and. So the our host, Meredith, is is really like kind of a, a very socially engaged and so yeah. people will see her on the poster then come up and talk to her and say and ask her about the podcast we've found uh, you know m- maybe you know 10 or so guests just through that or through then people realizing they know the person who's on it and recommending someone to be a guest because they have a great story um and then in working with the individual colleges now as a central unit, that's where we're just kind of always putting out feelers and different colleges do it in different ways where they might have a form that they they email out to their listserv saying, you know, we're, we're looking for student stories, maybe for a variety of applications. Uh, but 
but having them fill that out, uh, their name and all, all their, uh, particulars, but then also kind of like, what, what's your story? What's, what's the part that's the hook about your story. And so that can kind of escalate some stories that you get. And then mm -hmm. other ones become just a nice little web feature to have within one department's, uh, section of the website. So yeah, that, and again, that, we probably haven't gotten official enough with that yet, maybe because it's been happening so naturally, uh, but that's probably a direction that we're gonna be heading soon is just having more of a, of a system for that. We've worked with some classes recently on uh, producing episodes and even putting together content for episodes. So we're more and more wanting the, the media studies uh, department to be involved in the podcast. And, and you, I could really see it kind of going places for there, from there and even having like maybe spinoff podcasts where if it's someone talking about something else, maybe something not as, not as tight as ours uh, in, uh, and clean in the end, you know, I would be okay with that at least just as long as it's entertaining and somewhat appropriate. Um, but I just see a lot of opportunity there too, if we can just get more and more students involved and it's great experience for them. Like this, this is the name of the game. You and I, you and I are doing this right now as, as part of, uh, surviving. And yeah. so, uh, that is what the world is like. So, uh, that's something that we really like to do too, just kind of across the board, just get students involved as much as possible. Yeah, for sure. I do. I do like that that student to student um, aspect of the of the podcast. It makes it feel more um, just accessible, I think. Um, and then speaking of just like centralizing, you know, the campus, what what challenges have you experienced in uh, trying to make that transition? What what challenges does your team do you guys experience kind of like a, do all the requests for creative you know, and marketing content come through you guys, for example, and is that difficult or? It is. Uh, I, I think I've experienced every challenge and, uh, and um, have gone through and am uh, going through many different phases of that. When I, when I got there and I, and I was hired into the position that, that runs this part, you know, as academic director, uh, that was the job that uh, I signed up for. So um, initially there's just kind of instant hostility uh, when it mm. comes to that. And uh, it's not your fault coming in. And I, and I try, like I said before, I tried to just be a listener for a long time and, and maybe offer some, um, some ideas and, and maybe most of all, just say like, how can I help you for a while? What's, what's something yeah. that you're, you're struggling with now because things have changed that I can help you with. And kind of because of my background, I'm fortunate where I just have a lot of experience in a lot of different things and not, not great at any one thing, but I can, I can do it. So if someone said, I, I haven't had a story published in a week and, I would just be like, give me this, give me the student's name and, and give me a couple days and I'll have a, a story for you. So that's kind of like an example of where it's like, I would just get in and do it and then kind of hopefully build that trust that, you know, I'm here to help you and uh, we're here to help you. 
make this work and and not to just completely go a different direction away from the work that that they had been doing and they had been doing good work and you know at, at every spot you know some some deans are very supportive and and understand right away and some deans are are hostile <laughs> to to <laughs> the idea and uh but it really has been even even the deans that you know are maybe hostile is a, a, a too strong of a word but mm -hmm. again it's a challenge higher ed is a challenge and working in such a big organization is a challenge and with a, a, being a public institution is another part of the challenge like it's just non-stop really nonsense at, at times where it's mm -hmm. just like you're just dealing with stuff coming down things changing and you have to roll with it. You have to keep finding a way to move stuff forward, but roll with it. So everyone has done a really good job of that. But uh, I just want to illustrate what I'm hoping to illustrate is just like people were all over the board where it was mm -hmm. just like, you know, don't want to talk to you for a couple months. I got to cool down. <laughs> <laughs> and and others were just like, hey, come on, come on right in. Let's talk about how to do this. So we've gotten to a really good place right now. I, I, I just recently kind of did a reset with everyone where, where I went through and said, here's what I found over my first year and a half. And basically what I've concluded is that where we can help most as academic communicators and marketers is in the yield cycle for uh, for recruitment. And so when we have student uh, prospective students who have applied to a specific program, that's when the colleges can really do their most concentrated uh, effective work. So like this spring, for example, we're going to be sending out uh, marketing emails, uh, but informational and marketing emails based on the student's major of interest uh, and sometimes multiple majors of interest. So that's not something that I've found a whole lot of other people doing. I, you know, I think people have had the idea to do it and um, have done some part of it. But we're we're starting this year after kind of a slow rollout last year to really have a heavy project of having each major get a significant marketing email done for them and have all of that genuine content hopefully and really then be able to take that measure it see how it did the stuff we did last year really had great numbers behind it and uh so that's why we ramped it up a little bit and then i i could see us then maybe moving more into the the app generation phase with some of this content that we've we've started in the yield process um and then you know kind of in between all of that there's just all the little things that flare up where it's like there's this publication that's going out to prospective students and make sure everyone agrees on what's in there and you know there's 10 of those per week but then the the emails thing has kind of been the project that that I've seen an opportunity for and and what I was saying is I just checked in with all of the deans and it was just so rewarding and and nice to hear where they were just like we think that's right on you know knowing cool. all of the other things variables that that we have we see your reasoning and and we we like what we see so 
kind of the first time I've, I've felt that or heard that since I've been here, which is, which is fine because it is new and you don't expect someone to just go along instantly with what you're saying. So, um, just wanted to say with all of that, like, I just feel like we're at a really good place now where now we have some, a place to build on top of that. That's awesome. That sounds really hard. Um, but, but glad you're, glad you're making progress. I know that must be hard to enter into, uh, you know, the pool of alligators or whatever <laughs> into the lions. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. And, and I'm really glad, like right when COVID hit and I kind of went through some, you know, I went through COVID and I went through, uh, kind of the 2020, uh, racial reckoning, uh, mm-hmm. events, um, which were so sorely needed and appropriate, uh, but I was navigating some really tough waters at, at my job at UC and what I, at UC engineering. And really what I found in that time, I was like, I, I did it. I can, I can do this. I, I did mm-hmm. not do it perfectly. I, I did it, uh, but I did it very genuinely and, um, and did some other things that just kind of worked. And so that's where then I started thinking like, I want to be a CMO. Uh, I mm. want to eventually be a CMO. So the, uh, that started me listening to higher ed marketing podcasts. And I got connected with Bart Kaler through his and um, listened to his. I then ended up just kind of emailing all of the people who had been interviewed on there. And and now all of these people are just like the biggest shakers in the business. With, uh, Jamie Hunt and Ethan yeah. Braden and Jenny Petty, they all they all emailed me right back. They all said, let's set up a meeting for the next couple of days. Let's talk. And Jamie was at Miami at the time. And then a year and some change later, she ended up uh, getting a hold of me about the job and said to apply. Um, and then I was fortunate enough to get it. So just kind of wanted to say that. And maybe for anyone out there who's aspiring in the same way, like I saw that challenge as something that I needed to learn to, yeah. in order to become a CMO someday. And I'm, I'm really thankful that I did it. That's awesome. Well, uh, anyone that's listening to this podcast, if you are hiring for a CMO, I've got a, <laughs> got a guy right here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, but no, this has been a really awesome conversation. I I mean, I say that to every guest, but uh, <laughs> even if this was a bad conversation, I would say that. But this was actually a very good conversation. <laughs> Thank you uh, for me too. Yeah, it's fun to have. It's funny because I actually found you on Bart's podcast, and that's part of my routine. Just as a podcast host and a business owner, is I have like a thirty minute drive to the gym every day. So I count that because I work from home. So I'm like, I just count that as like my drive to work, you know, and I listen, Absolutely. To, I listen to some higher ed marketing podcasts. And I'm like, who can I find on here that I can connect with? That's how I uh, heard you on that podcast and we got connected that way. So highly recommend that strategy. That's why we're here today. <laughs> yeah, nice. It's funny how that works out and obviously worked out uh, in my career as well, too, is just by uh, when people say reach out. Uh, at the end of the podcast to these people, it's like, seriously, reach out. Yeah, seriously. Like, anyone in any position, especially in this business that I've found is just so willing to help and talk. And I'm I'm certainly the same way. Yeah, I, I started guesting on more podcasts lately. And I love when people 
reach out to me, even if they don't have much to say or they don't have a business proposition or anything, just to say, hey, I heard you on that podcast and it was cool. I'd like yeah. totally, and I will like be like, hey, let's grab coffee, a virtual coffee or something like that. Like I, you know, even if it's not a super relevant connection to my business or my podcast, like I just love meeting new people and I love when people just say hi. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think I picked that up really early too, from just being a podcast person. Like I, I would always listen to a comedy podcast, like comedians podcast. And then I would find them on Twitter. Like that just kept introducing me to more comedians and would email them. And some of them aren't famous yet. They're famous now, some of them, but they weren't famous at the time. And you could just message them on Twitter and they would say, Hey, thanks. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be in Detroit and I hope you come to the show. <laughs> That's cool. Do you listen to the, the Nate Land podcast? For, uh, Nate no, not that one. And I've been, no. Yeah. And I, I've heard a lot of good things about it. And people have been talking about him with uh, Saturday Night Live recently. That was yeah. so good. Um, and I've fallen off a little bit because I've gotten I've gotten more into the my business, uh, my professional podcast and but there are a couple um, that I listen to uh, all the time. Yeah, there's very few podcasts that I like. Actually, Nate Land is the only podcast that I'm actually like really trying to like listen to all like, I don't know, there's almost 200 episodes now. And I like really try to stay up on that one. Um, but yeah, most of my podcasts I listen to are just like are like the higher ed marketing podcasts. But I always go back to that one because it's just really interesting. It's like it's not like stand up comedy. It's like a few com comedians kind of sitting around a table just talking about dumb stuff. But that's just something about I think that is the best comedy, I think, too. Like I've had the experience a lot of times where I listen to someone's podcast for a really long time and then I, I watch their special and it's kind of a letdown because mm -hmm. their podcast is so funny and so spontaneous and yeah. you realize kind of the cadence and the the atmosphere is different in in a special or in a theater and in, in whatever way that is but it's just like yeah if i had the choice i would just listen to another podcast to tell you the truth yeah for sure <laughs> i feel the same way there's two different kinds of funny it's like there's there's witty uh, and then, and then there's like, I can put together an act and if you yeah. do both of those, yeah, I think Nate Bargatze is a great example of someone who is like incredibly witty in the moment on his podcast and also hilarious, like in a staged performance. Um, yeah. Anyway, not relevant to the topic of <laughs> the higher <laughs> we'll storytelling for another podcast. couple yeah. hours. About this. <laughs> That's just a bonus. Um, okay, cool. Um, well, this has been great. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, John. I really appreciate it too. All the best. Well, that was a great conversation. This is just John here, by the way. I ended the chat with Nate and realized I forgot to let him plug his contact information. So you can reach him via email or uh, LinkedIn. His email address is J-O-R-G-E-N-N-P, Jorgen P at Miami, O-H dot E-D-U. So you can email him, reach out to him, uh, and then uh, you can also follow him on LinkedIn. Uh, Nate's a great follow. Really enjoyed getting to know him over the past few weeks. Uh, so definitely go connect with him. Also a reminder about the bonus email marketing tactic and embarrassing work story that Nate shares that's available exclusively for newsletter subscribers that will come out uh, in next week's newsletter. So make sure you're signed up. Uh, okay, now we can end the show. 
Thanks for listening. Three things I want to give you before you go. Number one, reminder to sign up for my free weekly newsletter all about creating content that resonates emotionally with your audience. And you can do that at unveiled.tv slash newsletter. Unveiled is spelled U-N-V-E-I-L-D. Number two, if you've enjoyed this episode, share it with someone. Share it with your team, your boss, your dog, whatever. And if you're not already subscribed, I'd love for you to do that. Uh, number three, reach out to me. If you have comments, questions, you want to talk about a video project, whatever, my email is john at unveiled.tv. John is spelled J-O-H-N. Or follow me on LinkedIn. If you're searching for me, my last name is spelled A-Z-O-N-I. That's all for today. And I look forward to catching you on the next episode of the Higher Ed Storytelling University podcast. Thanks. Thanks.